This is unstructured. Today I'm with Warren Bravo, and he is the CEO of Green Relief out of our friends up north in Canada. It is a, I guess, would you call yourself a cannabis grower versus a manufacturer? I keep mixing them up. Uh, yeah, hi, Eric. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I, I think uh, uh, we are ultimately a manufacturer. We're, we're uh, you know, a medicinally based company for, uh, we try to, you know, our focus is trying to help people uh, with the medicinal value of this product. So I guess I'm uh, a manufacturer of high quality uh, cannabis oils and, uh, yeah, and uh, dried cannabis for uh, medicinal purposes. Okay, so yeah, I guess, yeah, you're almost a pharmaceutical company after a fashion then. We're trying trying to get there. Uh, that's that's going to be a pretty tough designation in a, in a world that uh, is now only adopting cannabis uh, from a medical aspect. Although it's been been used medicinally for mil- uh, you know millennia, um, we uh, we now are trying to get the uh, stigma off the product and and uh, and try to help people get through the day with uh, with uh, as I say high quality high quality cannabis oils and, and dried products. So yeah, I, you know, we'll, we'll get there one day and getting a DIN number for a, a plant-based uh, medicine uh, would be the ultimate goal. So I'd love to be able to call myself Green Relief Pharmaceuticals, but uh, today I can't. Well, pharmaceuticals have a stain on them too, so. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> get bad. it, totally. Okay, now um, out of curiosity, I don't know if this has been done or it's ongoing. Is your product um, currently backed by any specific scientific studies? Well, uh, we uh, we want to create science, uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, this is the problem in Canada is that you know we're trying to get this product accepted as a as a medicinal product, and uh, we know it has a ton of anecdotal evidence out there that that it can help with with many different kinds of, of ailments you know is it is it the be all end all the medicine that you know when you when you google the the benefits of cannabis uh, you know it says it cures everything well we know that that's not <laughs> true but you know doctors doctors don't have enough science on how this helps we know you know our bodies have an endocannabinoid system we know that cannabis has cannabinoids in it and it, and it meshes into your body very well and and is distributed uh, 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 very quickly through your body so we know there's we know there's value there from a scientific side but you know the the doctors are taking all the liability right now on prescribing a product that they don't have enough science uh, uh, about and and we are we are trying to create that science so uh, no currently uh, you know our product does doesn't have a ton of science behind it and and, and backed up uh, for medicinal use, but we're uh, that's what Green Relief's here for, and that's uh, helping to create that. Okay. Do you know if there are any trials anywhere underway? Well, there's lots of uh, yeah, lots of people have been uh, testing the product for uh, different different ailments, and uh, you know we've been we've been uh, working with uh, with uh, universities and and other uh, 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 doctors and and you know lots of lots of different people on uh, trying to shape what uh, type of what type of results they want to get from using cannabis uh, as a medicine. So uh, uh, lots of it underway. I've heard people are uh, doing some clinical trials on PTSD uh, mm. uh, and some other and some other uh, things. And as I say, there's a ton of uh, a ton of an- anecdotal evidence there that you know says it can help with seizures and help with pain management. And uh, we want to figure out why. But you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's going on that uh, we just don't know about right now because people uh, aren't uh, uh, getting out there to tell us uh, what they're what they're researching because you know people want to be first uh, first in line from uh, from that aspect and get those white papers and double blind studies out and. Uh, peer-reviewed documents for the doctors, uh, et cetera, to, for the creating science. So, um, 
yeah, uh, we're working on it. Well, one thing I appreciate you bringing up is I don't know if it's a disservice, but there are people who truly do. They have to be exaggerating what effects marijuana or cannabis actually has on the um, system. You know, like, oh, it'll fight cancer. It'll do this. It'll do that. And I wonder if that is kind of a disservice. It absolutely is because you know everybody's physiology is different, uh, Eric, and it's it's uh, it's you know if 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 you and I had the same migraine headache and we were prescribed say an oxycodone to 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 combat that that pain from from the migraine, you might need five milligrams, I might need twenty to have the same effect, and everybody's different, and uh, there's there's no. Uh, be all end all or one one drug that's going to help everybody so you know it's as it's as uh like i said we we have to create the science we have to uh find products we know that we can uh you know cannabinoid compounds isolation uh isolated fractions be able to blend them together be able to try it on people to see what it's helping because we're starting at pretty much zero right now with uh with uh, how we're going to help people medicinally with this product, so there's there's a ton of research and a ton of dollars that have to be spent uh, before we can hone in on that. Here in the states, we're a bit behind you because I believe um, Canada's went legal all the way to recreational. Is that correct? Correct. October seventeenth of this year. Yeah, that's correct. Now here we're all over the place, and I imagine <laughs> that maybe Canada was that way before. Like maybe some places it was medicinal, and other places recreational. And some places not at all. No, uh, Canada's always had kind of a, a one-level platform for the integration of cannabis into the into the space, and you know it started out as a medicinal product, and it was recognized medicinally on a federal level. So coast oh. to coast in Canada, you could get medicinal cannabis. Uh, the recreation now, uh, because we're uh, we're under a federal jurisdiction for the product, it's always been available uh, either medicinally and now recreationally uh, coast to coast. So we're not uh, quite as disjointed, I guess, as the United States currently with, uh, you know, some states recognize it saying some states are rec and some states are medical and some states not at all, you know, until the federal your federal government kind of. Uh, gets their act together and figures things out uh, it's still going to be that way we you know we look at the states right now as being a little disjointed and and, and in a lot of aspects still the, the wild west on the cannabis side uh, where I think we're we're a little more advanced in the in the federal regulations and and we're very uh, in a very regulated industry so you know health Canada approvals and many things that we have to do to even to get our products out to the marketplace so I think we're a little ahead of the curve on that one right now but you know I don't see it being long before you guys you know catch up and uh, it's 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 sorely needed uh, in the United States right now some federal uh, governance and in, in uh, the cannabis space uh, south of the border here I, I think it's actually going to wind up being a states rights issue because there are some we're in a, a really weird situation here in the States. For example, you have a whole coast that is completely legal recreationally and the states next to it, too. But if, let's say, you have cannabis on you and you cross the state line from Washington to Oregon, both states, it's legal. You just broke federal law. Uh, absolutely. I to totally get it. Yeah, it's all you want is the, uh, the, the FBI to come and start knocking on your door and the RICO statutes being broken and all that stuff. And that's the same problem you know, we have as Canadians in doing business with the United States. We can't uh, you know, ship our product into the states, even the legal states, uh, just because of those uh, federal boundaries. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain. And it's, uh, that's why I'm saying the feds really have to get their act together and, and uh, get, some, get some regulations on this because it's, uh, 
you know, it's 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 just cannabis, and and you should be able to move around with it freely uh, from state to state. And uh, hopefully, one day that's going to happen, and sooner than later. Yeah, I think it'll probably five to ten years. It'll probably wind up being a Supreme Court issue. Somebody will get popped crossing the state lines, and then they'll start arguing the Commerce Clause. Well, let's hope it's not that long. But uh, uh, you know, I, um, from what I know of uh, you know U.S. Uh, politics, uh, I think you guys are on a uh, on the right path. People are talking about it. Uh, I'm hoping uh, it's uh, five or less short years uh, before that's recognized. Hmm, okay. On on that, um, have you heard anything like it? moving or no yeah uh no you you would have as much information as i do i hear what's on the news and uh you know now that uh, sessions is uh no longer uh uh you know leading the band uh, i think uh there might be a little more movement uh i'm not uh, sure how that's going to go but I, i'm certainly keeping my fingers crossed and hope that uh there's some recognition even the decriminalization or something happening on uh, on a federal side it's uh right now it's just it, it it's just too too scrambled uh now and Everybody has their own regulations, and each state is kind of uh, marching to the beat of their own drum. And it's a uh, it's a little uh, uh, it's a little tough to to have a you know a, a federal federal harmony and on a, a regulatory standpoint uh, until people kind of act as one uh, unified body. So uh, let's see, let's see, like as I say, keeping my fingers crossed. I uh, <laughs> hope it's so- sooner than later. Listen, you guys have 330 million people. Uh, south of our border, we have 33. Uh, Canadians would be able, uh, would, would love to be able to take advantage of uh, of uh, your market. Uh, so <laughs> sure. we're 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 absolutely trying to uh, you know uh, help any way we can uh, for uh, your feds to see the light. Yeah. Now, um, I, from what I understand, I don't think Trump is actually against it. I think he's commented before he didn't really care either way. Well, isn't isn't there some type of bill on his desk now that's just waiting for a signature in some fashion? And I'm not even. Uh, I, I I wish I could give you more specifics or comment about that more. I'm I'm kind of nose at the grindstone here and and focused every day on advancing the green relief uh, platform. So you know I, I hear the uh, snippets of information that come out over the news wires and. Uh, but I think there's some some uh, some current legislation in front of him now. So I guess it's a w- wait and see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now that brings me to um, back to the mess that we have here. But maybe you can help answer some questions because, for example, I'm in Virginia, and Virginia allows CBD oils. Yeah. But no THC. Yeah. Can you maybe break down what, what's the difference and what well, are the effects? Uh, Sure. Uh, uh, so, so THC, <clears throat> excuse me, is the uh, psychotropic component of of, of cannabis. So, uh, THC in its delta nine form uh, is uh, what gets you high. Uh, CBDs uh, are non psychotropic, and they uh, generally don't give you any uh, altered effects uh, or feeling. But you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence again that. You know, CBDs have some anti-inflammatory problems, and uh, you, you all know about you know Charlotte's Web and the seizures and uh, or anti-seizure uh, uh, possibilities with the product as well. As I say, there's still a ton of science that have to be uh, that has to be done to to, to recognize or uh, figure out why that's uh, uh, it's actually an effective medicine. But you know, there there are, there are three plants in the in the cannabis family. You know, there's hops. Uh, cannabis sativa hemp and cannabis sativa non-hemp and the 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 hemp 
by uh, by hybridizing over the years has only got a maximum 0.06% THC. So basically, you can you can use a whole lot of hemp or ingest a whole lot of hemp, and and you won't get high. Uh, the entourage effect will kick in eventually, and and you you may feel some uh, effects, uh, psychotropic effects from it. But you know THC will will get you high, and the plants that we grow here in Canada have THC in them. Now the CBDs, from a medicinal value, uh, uh, they, they as I say have uh, great uh, uh, prospects of, of being a, a good, uh, a really robust medicine. But you know the hemp plant itself, the, C- the cannabis sativa hemp. It has about 50 to 70 compounds in it. It's just been, uh, as they say, uh, modified and hybridized over the years. Uh, people want it for the industrial qualities of its, of its, the fiber of its stock, etc., uh, and mostly uh, what it's been used for. And they've been throwing the flowers away for for years. The cannabis sativa non-hemp plant has up to about 350 compounds in it, and, and in some cases more. And THC is just one of those. So people taking CBD oils now. Uh, are getting a little bit of a uh, 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 there's a little mis- misinformation out there that you know CBDs are the same. Well, they're they're really not. There's more uh, micro macro CBDs in a cannabis sativa plant with THC in it than there is without. So uh, we now at Greenleaf here we're stripping that THC uh, molecular profile off of the biomass, uh, off of that fraction. And uh, creating a very uh, full spectrum CBD oil with lots of medicinal compounds in it, and we just think it's uh, better from a from a, um, a medicinal aspect and be able to uh, help help people more with a full spectrum product. Uh, so hemp and uh, and and cannabis are are although the same family, they do have different properties. So there's lots of uh, there's lots of value. Uh, you know, half of half of uh, or more than half of uh, of 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 healing is is in your mind as far as i'm concerned and i think that whatever you're using if it makes you feel better then that's half the battle so uh i think thc and cbd i think they have to work together uh to get the true medicinal value from this plant and i think that separating something out of it isn't natural and uh i think uh uh you know uh having those little blends and having a little thc in the product isn't isn't a bad thing medicinally okay and on the medicinal versus recreational are these different strengths like um, in medicine or pharmaceuticals you have over-the-counter and then you have something that needs to be prescribed do you have that kind of limitation no we don't uh, in both the the it's the same product in the uh, recreation market as it is in the medicinal market uh, all the same strains um, there there's there's absolutely no difference so people are just branding them one or the other uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's just one one of those things. So no, there there ultimately there isn't any difference in uh, in the cannabis strains for for either market. It's how you use it, how you uh, especially in the oils and how you separate it, how you dose it. Uh, there's a lot of factors on how you make it medicinal instead of just you know uh, consuming a product to get high. Uh, there's some there's some differences. Yeah, I've heard quite a bit that um, the cannabis that's around now is not the uh, cannabis of well, I'd say your parents but really my age I'm in my 40s well I'm, I'm in my 50s so so uh, I, I get what you're saying and, and you're right the cannabis now is a lot stronger from a THC uh, value uh, than it used to be you know there used to be uh, you know 14 you know 15 percent strains back in the day uh, now there's strains that are uh, that are up to 30 percent THC so you know they'll just they'll just obliterate you from a from a, a psychotropic standpoint, and and 
I don't know. You know those 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 higher THC strains. They're not. Uh, they don't do anything for us medicinally, uh, unless I'm trying to, to you know separate a THC fraction and just get more volume of THC. But mm-hmm. I, I really, uh, I think with that much THC, you're actually losing uh, some of the beneficial cannabinoids from a medicinal standpoint. Uh, and uh, people keep working and trying to get more and more. I think uh, it's. Uh, uh, I think they're going the wrong way. They should be working on terpenes and and trichomes and other other values of the plant that uh, that have more value to it. From my standpoint, because I'm not interested in getting people high when they get home from work and having a beer, and that's not my market. That's not my focus. So as Green Relief, we we want to we want to uh, help people get through the day. So it's a a different mindset from the recreational side to the uh, medical medical side. Well, that's that's good to hear. I wanted to see how you did separate yourself or find yourself. And I had another question about that because I do remember back in the day when, well, we'll say it was illegal everywhere, um, like in the eighties, you would get some and you would feel just relaxed and happy and good. And then you would get another time and you'd be completely paranoid. And I've read recently that the reason that was, is there's different variants. And back then, it was all just called weed. Yeah, correct. It's uh, and that goes back to your the the physiology thing I was talking about earlier that everybody's kind of built differently, so you're going to have different effects. But you know, there's there's two uh, types of uh, cannabis sativa non hemp, and one's the you know sativa, and one's an indica. And you know, the indicas are a little more. Uh, they're the ones that give you that that very uh, total relaxation, that that kind of couch potato feel, that body numbing or body buzzing uh, feeling. The sativas are a little more uplifting, uh, a little give you a little bit, uh, uh, a little more energetic uh, feeling. Uh, they grow differently. They have different yields. There's, they have different uh, cannabinoid profiles, and uh, yeah, you know, one or the other is going to going to help you. And you know, you certainly don't want to feel sluggish when you go to work. So you, you know, you'd want a sativa during the day to kind of keep you uh, uplifted if you are using it medicinally. And and uh, for night or for sleeping, you'd want some THC and and probably an indica that will probably help you get to bed and get get some better rest so yeah uh, physio, per, uh, personal physiology you know and then it gets into how well how much thc do i need and how much cbd and what are the profiles and what are the terpene uh, profiles as well because the terpenes are the kind of the unsung hero of the plant and and have medicinal value as well so there's a lot of a uh, lot of variables a lot of factors that uh, go into those decisions but again it's all based on on physiology and you have to try different uh strains to see what which one will fit you better for whatever your intended purpose is okay i from what i understand some of them actually are good for um for concentration and focus you know would that be the sativa side yeah yeah, again uh physiology being what it is some people just like to feel totally relaxed and and uh, they can focus better and some people like to be uh up and and uh more energetic and that gives them more focus so again personal preferences uh and and your physiology will have a lot to do with that so uh everybody is different okay now you brought up terpenes multiple times now and to be honest i don't have any idea what exactly they are so a terpene if all all plants have a have terpene values if if you can smell a plant that's a terpene so it's the the off-gassing smell uh, of any plant and in cannabis there's uh 29 uh terpenes uh uh lemonine benzene there's a whole bunch of different names for them and i'm not going to get into the the minutia of it all but uh if you uh I personally think uh, that that the terpenes are the unsung hero of the cannabis plant, and and I think that they have as much medicinal value as the cannabinoid structure itself uh, it does. Um, 
how do I uh, how do okay. I explain this? And nobody's nobody's really ever uh, asked me the the details. But uh, <laughs> if if you it's like the glue that binds the plant together. So, you know, terpenes, uh, as, again, we don't have enough science and research to know what the terpenes are. There's been hundreds and hundreds of studies on what THC and cannabinoids do to your mm. physiology and what they do medicinally and, and how they get you high. And there's been very, very few studies done on terpenes, very good quality studies. And actually, my, my partner in Switzerland, uh, Daniele Shibano at iFame and iLab, uh, they're, uh, they put out some, uh, solid, uh, work on terpenes, but you know, if you, uh, can separate terpenes off of the plant, uh, you know, t- take a basil plant. It's got that very aromatic, very, very strong smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can smell it, it's, uh, it's being released from the plant and not, uh, staying in the plant. So there's, there's volatile terpenes. There's ones that off gas very easily. There's ones that are, uh, uh, more, uh, that have more stature that stay into the plant longer, uh, so uh, capturing all those terpenes is uh, really important and making sure to make sure that your, uh, from my perspective, medicine is more robust and full spectrum. Okay, so you, you feel like they've been overlooked severely. Ab- ab- absolutely, and uh, that's uh, one of the main focuses that we'll be, well, we'll be focusing on uh, on terpene values and, uh, and terpene profiles from our different types of strains and then how they will help you medicinally. And that, that's going to take years and years of study and uh, we're, we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg yet on those uh, on those values. Now, changing gears completely, from my understanding, you came out of um, being a concrete contractor. Correct. There are three generations of family in the concrete construction business. So we uh, we poured uh, for for my lifetime, 28 years pouring uh, commercial, industrial, institutional floors. You know, car plants, uh, sports complexes, uh, big box stores. You name it. We've uh, we poured it and and finished the uh, the, the flat work. Uh, we'll say of, of the concrete side of the of the of that world. So yeah, I grew up uh, grew up pouring concrete. That um, my father was a general contractor. And I oh, there you have, go. Yeah. I'd have to say pouring concrete is one of the most stressful parts of the job. It's not for the squeamish, that's for sure. You only have one chance of doing it right. Uh, so it's it's always always amazed me, and and getting the instant gratification out of that world was just fantastic for me. That you know you you pour something in the morning that's like uh, uh, pea soup, and uh, you know that that evening you can have a dance on and it's gone hard. So you really only have one chance on getting it right, and it's uh, uh it's stressful at times. Heat environmental conditions, rain, all kinds of factors that can affect the, uh, the outcome. So <clears throat> cold temperatures, other, other things. So it's, uh, it was, uh, certainly a challenging business. That's for sure. Yeah. I love it. I loved, I loved it though. Did you? Okay. I remember because you're on the clock. As soon as that's pouring, you better be screeding it and everything. It was. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though the terminology. So yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, absolutely. You, you, you have to be on it a hundred percent of the time. And you know, my father, uh, uh, was a firm believer is in that industry is that you can't tell somebody what to do unless you know how to do it yourself. So for 11 years, I was on the floors, finishing the concrete slabs and, and, uh, doing the epoxy work and all kinds of, uh, uh, value added for our clients. And, uh, so I learned the whole trade, uh, from the ground up and, uh, it was, uh, the 12th year before I became management and, uh, ultimately president of the company. Okay. So now you, but you sold that company to start green relief, right? Uh, yeah, well, we'll say wound it down. We had, uh, offices throughout Southern Ontario and Windsor, London, Toronto, Hamilton, uh, and, uh, carried, uh, a huge amount of, uh, of labor to be able to pour multiple jobs, uh, in a day. 
uh, we, uh, I'm going to say that I've stepped away from that business since 2013. I've been full-time at Green Relief uh, uh, in this uh, world of cannabis and, and aquaponics, which is our you know main, main uh, area of production, uh, how we grow our plants. Uh, so yeah, just getting that learning curve done and, and finding out and getting uh, learning the science behind aquaponics and, and the cannabis plant has been a focus of mine. So stepping away out of the construction world, uh, leaving it to my, uh, my brothers and, and cousins and other uh, relatives who are still uh, actively involved in the business. So uh, it's still, still, still going and, and uh, just uh, without me being there. Okay, now that does bring me to um, the big question. What exactly is aquaponics and how is that different than, say, hydroponics? So, so hydroponics as uh, 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 and, and aquaponics, they're they're virtually virtually the same type of uh, you know deep water culture. You're still growing your plants in a in a water based system. Uh, hydroponics, you're using commercial fertilizers to uh, give the plants the nutrients they need to grow and uh, and thrive uh, and uh, establish your yields. Uh, with aquaponics, I'm using fish, live fish, uh, to create that. Uh, as they create solid waste or, or fish manure uh, through a series of, of uh, different tanks, we're going to say, uh, clarifying tanks, mineralizing tanks, bioreactor, off-gas tank, basically water flowing from one tank to the next to the next, uh, breaking down that solid waste into NPK, into uh, nitrates, potassium, uh, phosphorus, potassium for the plants. Uh, in a closed loop recirculating ecosystem. So our, our system's using 90% less water than any other form of agriculture in the world. And it's also providing the plants a natural uh, fertigation process, uh, basically for, uh, you know, uh, creating uh, fertilizer uh, out of that uh, broken down fish waste with, with thousands of different types of heterotropic and aerobic bacteria uh, and, and nitrifying bacteria that convert that waste from a nitrite to a nitrate, which is a usable plant food. So the water just keeps recirculating round and round. And uh, as, the, as the plants grow in this deep water culture, you know, 20 inches of water in depth, uh, the roots are in the water. They, they, they take those nitrates out of the water, filtering and cleaning the water for the fish and then returning it right back to the fish tanks. So it's just that that same water can be in my system for years. Uh, I'm only losing a, a small percentage of water, uh, using a small percentage of water uh, through evaporation and plant transpiration. So it's just a, it's the most sustainable form of agriculture uh, used in the world today on a commercial scale. What kind of fish are in there? Tilapia. It so is. We use, yeah, okay. we use a tilapia. And a tilapia, you, you want to match the uh, aquaculture in your system to the root temperature of the plant. Uh, tilapia, like a 68-degree to kind of 82-degree water temperature. They're an African origin fish, so came coming out of the Nile. So they like those warmer, freshwater uh, temperatures. So it lends itself very well. And they're also kind of tried and true and proven in a farmed environment. They're healthy. They're, they're kind of they're disease-resistant. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, I don't have to worry about the aquaculture uh, so much when I use tilapia. There are other types we want to experiment with as we advance construction and, and get into our next building that's uh, underway now, about 250,000 square feet. Uh, we have uh, an aquaponics experimental area for different types of aquaculture, you know, freshwater prawn, barramundi, uh, some bass, uh, walleye. There are other types of uh, fish we'd like to be able to uh, use. Okay. I, I know that tilapia is used in the States quite a bit with um, irrigation ditches and things like that. Um, do you uh, farm them for food too or no? 
We do. So uh, we we could sell our fish wholesale. You know, to uh, we're, we are growing or using an organic uh, food for our fish. Uh, we we are growing a, a very healthy, vibrant uh, uh, organic tilapia. I could wholesale to uh, to any supermarket chain. Uh, but we've opted to uh, donate all of the fish that come out of our facility to uh, to uh, food banks, or not so much food banks, homeless shelters. So we really? we have a, a number of homeless shelters in the Greater Toronto area. Uh, every five weeks, about 350 two pound pound and a half to two pound tilapia go out to the uh, homeless shelters. Uh, they they have a very difficult time getting protein, and uh, we're just happy we can uh, help uh, be the solution. Uh, uh, and wish we could give them more. And as we ramp up, you know, the building I'm in now, I have about 6,000 tilapia in uh, all the time. Then the, the advancement in building number two, as we uh, finalize construction, we'll have over 55,000 tilapia. Uh, so we'll just try to help more as many people as we can with the uh, the, the fish that we purge from our system as the uh, as they get to that market size. It's a fantastic idea. You really should talk about that more. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we're, it's not, uh, we're not looking for corporate kudos because we're donating our fish. You know, I'm, uh, uh, I get a tax receipt, so it, it negates the cost of fertilizer, what would be fertilizer. And, uh, uh you know, I'm, I'm still a, a capitalist at the end of the day and, uh, it's, uh, it's not uh, that, but our mandate as, as, as much as uh, anything else has been to, to help people, not only with medicinal value, uh, of the cannabis plant, but if we can help, uh, you know, homeless and, and, and help uh, feed people too, then uh, we're all in, uh, 100%. Uh, it's uh, my wife, uh, uh, landscape architect, uh, the tree hugger, the family, and you know, uh, <laughs> we we uh, we we just want to help uh, anywhere we can uh, in this industry. I think you can be a, a good corporate citizen, uh, help people uh, grow sustainably, and still be profitable at the same time. And I think we're we're proving that model every day. You know what that is a fantastic message to wrap this up on where can people find out more well they can certainly go to uh, our website that gives you a ton of information about our company and that's uh, green relief that's uh, relief spelled r-e-l-i-e-f uh, greenrelief.com or greenrelief.ca uh, we'll give you all the information and uh, and contact and, and phone numbers and you know people can reach out to me if they have interest in aquaponics and uh, sustainable agricultural methodology Happy to talk anytime. Anybody who wants to, uh, you know, we we have the uh, uh, North American rights from uh, for the manufacture of the system for cannabis and and uh, north of the north of the border in Canada for vegetables as well. So if anybody's interested in learning how to grow cannabis aquaponically, uh, my uh, personal email is wbravo at greenrelief.ca. So I'll reach out and uh, happy to discuss uh, the options uh, for uh, for aquaculture and, and uh, aquaponics uh, growing. Well, excellent. And hey, thank you so much for coming on. Eric, it was my pleasure. Great, uh, great, uh, great talk. And I appreciate it. Uh, uh, if you're ever up our way, come on in and check us out. Definitely. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please check out unstructuredpod.com. There you can find all the episodes free subscription information and most of the players and even how to contact me. I would love to hear from you. You can even set up a 15-minute call with me about the show or anything you like. Again, it's at unstructuredpod.com, and I hope to hear from you. Now, in the spirit of sharing, here are other shows you may want to consider checking out. Thanks again. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down.
Sarge and Frenzy from the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, um, and yeah. you can check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Sarge Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Mm -hmm.